you are, it seems, a man of many skills. A rare combination. WWE2K's latest patch 1.21 that just dropped yesterday, uh, November 15th, I believe it was, basically put the kibosh on the creation community and I have a problem with that because that does not bode well for a lot of other sports video games. Don't get me wrong. I'm against hacks that have anything to do with that destroy gameplay that people are cheating with. Other mods, I have absolutely no issue with. If it's something that, you know, adds an asset to a game, if it's something that improves the gameplay, I'm all for it. Of the sports video games that I play, let's see, 2K, the same company that runs WWE, or Take-Two, who owns WWE, who owns, the, you know what I'm trying to say, on PC, PC's not next-gen, so a lot of people playing, if you even bothered to get NBA 2K24 for PC, unless you know some very good modders, you are pretty much restricted as to what you can do. Consecrated and I follow for a couple years. The goods, uh, he's he still puts out videos about, you know, people modding NBA 2K24 or even 2K23 to look like 24 and play better than what is on console. By consoles, we are limited to what we can do. Um, I have a console and what I'm recording this on is on my PC. So I know both sides. Or at least I have an idea of both sides. I haven't, I'm not that big into PC gaming, though I would love to get into it more in the coming years as it seems like my PC can handle it. My biggest reason for this posing a problem for other community created content in other games, NBA 2K, MLB The Show, Madden, you name it, you name it, particularly if it's a sports game, because that's what we cover here, it doesn't bode well. Don't get me wrong. I understand, to some extent, the copyright thing. Uh, the DMCA needs to have been updated ages ago. It was written in 1998, and their fair use is extremely vague. What works for one creator might not work for another. You know, you may be able to use a couple seconds of a clip here. You may be able to use a logo there for one person and maybe not the other. And it there is no real rhyme or reason to it. And honestly, can't trust the government to ever get that right when we keep hiring people that are twice my age. This is not a pol- this is not a political podcast, so I'm not gonna touch on that. Though, I do feel like we need to have updated the DMCA ages ago and make it easier and honestly more affordable to license things. I've tried to look for specific music. You just can't find it. It's owned by 40,000 different pieces of the puzzle and probably by intention that way so that it is basically impossible for any anybody to use any of their stuff. Like even if you sitting out at a barbecue or something like that with the with the radio playing or, you know, what I'm saying you got the, the you got the you got your, your phone playing music. You could get copyrighted for that. It's, it's really weird because that's considered like public performance or some garbage. It's terrible when the companies that do make these properties, make these entities, they don't do anything to improve the experience when you're a paying customer as opposed to, let's be honest, you pirate something, but when you can get a better experience on, if you can get a better experience from something you have pirated than something you have paid for, that falls on the company itself. 
that falls on the owner of the property. I remember when I first got Netflix back in, I want to say 2009, I used to get the DVDs. Yeah, not all. You get the DVDs, you know, it comes with all the bloopers and all that stuff. Now on a Netflix show, you would be very hard-pressed to find anything as far as extras on any of the shows, movies, anything like that, unless it is specifically a video within that season or something like that. Like, I've run into bloopers for, oh my god, I think I might have seen one for BoJack Horseman, I might have seen one for um, One Day at a Time, something, you know, you get where I'm going with this. And again, these things are few and very far between. Um, I remember back when I watched DVDs more often, you'd end up with producer interviews and, and stuff like that director interviews and interviews with the actors like that shit is cool like I, I i'm the type of weirdo that wants that kind of stuff you can get that sometimes with certain games usually not in the sports community sports community is usually tending to be in every year we're gonna churn this out every year kind of thing and i get it from the standpoint back in the 90s and the 80s with video the, 90s to 80s and about the early 2000s-ish where video gaming was still kind of not taboo but you know kids really played it and stuff like that so you wanted to make sure that you know people were getting the game every year and then once we got to more of the microtransaction age which I'd say started about the Farmville era about 09, 10 maybe a little bit before that we're not getting I don't feel like we are getting enough updates from the devs from the higher-ups. I'm going to say the higher-ups because we know who really controls things. The devs can do what they do, and unless it's a really small team and they all are a you know a small group and they're able to control what they can control and not have, really, let's be honest, investors up their ass, um, executives telling them you know the best way to sell or a, a game that's going to help that executive get a bonus or something like that, which... Listen, I'm not I'm not against the idea. Get your money. But when you keep putting out basically the same shit every single year, come on. Or there aren't seemingly enough of an update from year to year. It's a problem. We jump back three years, now almost going on four, to the Bacon's Fictional Roster 2020 version on MLB The Show 20. This is Vince Cartwright. Uh, mirrored off of Switch pitcher Pat Vendetti. He's also a switch hitter. If you guys know my channel, you know how I feel about two-way players in MLB This Show 21, 22, and 23. They stink. They're terrible. You can't even really create them. You can go, you can take a starting pitcher and make them a position player, but you can't go the other way around unless you have the old, the old, like, pre-2021 uh, rules as far as where the or even before that where there was no dh at all and pitchers hit in both leagues you can take a position player have them on the mound if you sub out the pitcher in a pinch hit situation and then leave that player on the mound you can't do that now at all there are a couple players in the league that have um, pitched you know, they're usually position players that are out there in a blowout game. Albert Pujols has been out there very, very, very late in his long, illustrious career. But as it currently stands, you cannot create this kind of player at all. 
he is a beast. He is a 99 for a reason. Um, he can hit. He can hit pretty well. He can. He throws extremely well. He is very much a. He's a throwback player and a unicorn all at the same time. Shohei Otani, eat your heart out. This player was would not have been created if Pat Vendetti hadn't been put into, I believe it is either MLB The Show 15 or 16, and manipulable. He was, you know, he wasn't in the game, I believe, as an official player at the start of the year. The roster got updated. They put him in there as a cap, and you were able to take his cap likeness transferred over every year you know you could create a different type of player you could copy and throw a bunch of different switch pitch and switch hitters out there it was honestly great the one thing i dislike about uh, the switch pitcher is the fact that they don't he doesn't have a different repertoire but there's really nothing i could do about that really nothing anybody could do about that and what do you know there's a switch pitcher switch hitter Already in college baseball, you may have heard of him, Gerangelo Sanja. His name's a little blacked out here. He was drafted by the Brewers in 2022, but opted to go to Mississippi State, where he didn't pitch too terribly. Uh, Actually, yes, he did. Let's be honest. Three and five with an 8.10 ERA in 13 starts, 14 games pitched in general, 50 innings, uh, struck out 63, walked 34, gave up 12 home runs, gave up 45 runs, a whip of a 1.56. So, despite the fact he can switch pitch, he's 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 he's, he's a work in progress, um, which is absolutely fine. Training in MLB the show aside. The community created this player. Essentially created this player using an asset that you had in the game. MLB the show had in the game, which, you know, they the Bacon used him all the way up through MLB the show 21. Uh, 20, sorry. Not 21, because unfortunately you're unable to transfer rosters over from year to year. And I get that the change to multiple consoles might have made that a problem. And in 23, with players being able to now further adjust the player models, uh, especially in the face and proportions of the head area, um, as I have created a number of players and and such for MLB The Show 23. In a roster that is coming out sometime in the beginning of 2024, the community really does allow your games to breathe longer. Like, what does the offline gamer really have to work with outside of what you put in the game? You're not going to go about updating a lot of things for said player that, let's be honest, if we're not spending extra money, which we usually are not, or not all that much, if we're not playing your you know, hook, line, and sinker modes, which it's fine if you play them. I'm not throwing money into them. I haven't thrown money into Diamond Dynasty since MLB The Show 18, and that was not very far into the cycle. I stopped at about June. Every week at a job, I was getting paid half as much. I'd throw $50 in there for packs, and I'm like, you know what? This is not satisfying me. This is not doing anything for me. I was getting college. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, you know, I don't like being on the hamster wheel of trying to keep up and keep up. And I actually like that will be the show 18 just because you had to, you had, you know, if y'all thought y'all had to grind now for cards, y'all had no idea what you were grinding. Like, Immortals were serious. I mean, it was, some of the missions were frustrating. Xena walks through. You want to say hi to the people? You're not going to meow. I understand. Grinding the king of the mountain type uh, programs where even on a bronze level card you were trying to work for, you had to grind bronze, silver, gold, diamond. Immortals fell into diamonds too. It was crazy. You had to get very specific stats as opposed to what they have now for moments where you had to be you had to be very precise on how you 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 got to said milestone. You needed two doubles and a home run in a game or some ridiculousness. I would say I would never forget Jared Saltalamachia mission or the Brock Holt programs because they give me nightmares. It gave me nightmares at the time. It took probably upwards of about a hundred different attempts at them before I got them right on the money in the amount of ABs or in the game that was set before us. As stated in the very beginning, I am all for blocking cheats so long as they're not DRM. We pay for these games. Let's be honest. We don't own these. We don't own these in any way, shape, or form, really. Digital license. You know, once the servers go down on a lot of these games, we're screwed. You can't play them anymore. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure I can go back to NBA 2K22 or even 21, though I know Take uh, 2 actually opened up the servers going back, I believe, to 2K16, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Um, a lot of companies don't. They don't leave the servers open very long. The servers usually shut down after it could be anywhere from a year or two to a decade later. It kind of depends on the company and how they feel. We are at the whim of them. We are at the mercy of their. We're at the mercy of what they what they want to do. Um, if they want to force you to continue to, if they want to force you to continue to go further and further and further along. Uh, with them, they will shut down previous servers without much of a second thought. If they feel that, you know, the player base needs to move forward, they will make sure that that happens. Some games, that's not the case. Minecraft has been around forever. I believe World of Warcraft might have might still be up at this point, and that game's been out for, like, what, almost two decades. The precedent is out there. You can leave the older games up. And in a future episode, I want to talk about the nostalgia of older sports games, and kind of the pros and cons of that. But we'll get to that at a later point. Mod blocker being added is, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't really play 2K23 that often. The, the controls are a little much for me. I ain't going to front. But if you're not going to update your game with current assets, especially in a WWE game, where by the time that game comes out, some models are out of date. Come on, there has to be some kind of deal in place where you guys actually date things throughout the year, or there needs to be, because at this point, what do you expect from the community? You expect them to sit there and just wait for y'all to put assets in, and when you put those specific assets in behind a paywall, in a mode, 
that a lot of people really don't play, I can pretty much guarantee you that of all the Ultimate Team type card collection modes, my faction is the absolutely least played. These polished updates should have happened probably ages ago, a while ago. And you see where it says general polish updates from multiple WWE superstars. I don't want to really call in the question, you know, what y'all work ethic is because I don't know what y'all do. I don't do that. But it comes off as lazy. Comes off as lazy. The optics seem lazy. And it might be unfair to really pin all of that on the devs. A lot of the devs tend to be public on on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, on Instagram, you know, they may not always put a face to them. And the consumer base is in their right to be upset within reason, like being a jerk and sending death threats and all that garbage is just ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand you pay $70 for these games, but to be ready to be, ready to be a crash dummy and do something stupid, over a video game is ridiculous. Even if gaming is a part of how you make your money. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But not allowing... And believe me, I understand music licensing is a problem. It took y'all a while to get Sami Zayn's World Apart theme song. I think he's been out of the bloodline for almost a year. He's gotten rid of... The Bloodline Tron and all that stuff. Almost a year ago. What was it? Royal Rumble? When he really... Yeah, Royal Rumble. When he bashed Roman upside his back and broke away from the Bloodline. It took y'all 11 months to get this. And don't get me wrong, I understand. There are multiple different spokes in the wheel for music licensing that you gotta get all in a row before you could basically have the license to do what you want with the music. Again, I've addressed that earlier. Maybe in your negotiations, 2K and WWE, y'all can come together and have something where it's open. Hey, yo, we got this music. We about to throw in there for a new superstar or even an established superstar. And then alongside the music rights holder, hey, yo, you allowing us to use this? We should be able to use this in the game. And so did it streamline. It goes boom, boom, boom. It's in the game. Pretty soon, pretty soon, like, I'd say maybe a month, probably sooner. It's a digital, you know, a lot of music is made digitally. We're not sitting there on 8-track and stuff like that. You could just boom, 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 as much as y'all update um, things. Like, come on. The creation community is the heart and soul for the offline player. Even if you may not play with a fictional roster, even if you may not dabble too much in the community creations, even if you aren't the person that is modding it yourself or, you know, finding mods wherever you seem to find your games. And again, as long as they don't involve cheating the game, especially online, because online is always a crapshoot in up itself. These companies got to do better. There are companies out there that work along with mods. They bring mods on to their dev team to assist because these people take the time out that, let's be honest, a lot of these game devs may not be able to do in their time. They're able to take the time that may stretch a dev too thin or, you know, they may not be looking in the right places to make sure that something fits in a game right. Give credit. 
because I've definitely heard of game companies essentially swiping with maybe free open source type, maybe not open source, but maybe out there for the community to use. They'll swipe it, give no credit to whoever even opened their eyes to what can be done in a game. Like a lot of games are improved by mods. And if these companies just, instead of being adversarial with the community are inclusive with the community, we can all get, we can, hell, we can all get what we want. You get us playing your game longer, which is a very big thing with a lot of basically every sports game. Even if the license from said league, said sport is open, there's not a lot of competition. So your competition is everywhere outside of your ecosystem. So if you are doing what you can to ensure that people are playing your game, that's basically all you need to do. You need to allow people to play your game more, even if it means we aren't spending the money. Well, thank y'all for listening to the Franchise Ain't Dead podcast. If y'all got any topics y'all want to bring up, please uh, either email me, comment on YouTube. Remember, these are always on YouTube. Get in touch with me somehow. Find me on Twitter, X, whatever, and uh, let me know. I'll let you later. Peace.